Sentire Media. And thank you, loyal podcast listeners, for joining us for another installment of our podcast from Italy. Good morning, Ashley. Ciao, Jason. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's been a while since we've uh, actually had this recording get posted. <laughs> it is. Um, we run, own, operate, and live at La Tavola Marche, a beautiful bed. Uh, no, we're not a bed and breakfast. No, we're, we're a farm in and cooking school in agriturismo in the heart of the Marque. A beautiful 18th of April this morning. It is early. The birds are chirping. The chickens are laying. The sun is out. It's frosty this morning. I though. know. It was cold last night. One of those clear cold nights, but uh, God, it's gorgeous. It is definitely spring. I see the, um, the apple tree is blooming gorgeous and the tree in front of our place that's the kind of a bush. yeah puffy hydrangea like thing and that oh god i love it i love spring it's gorgeous um anyone who listens to this podcast with any regularity will know since the uh you can tell we're getting back to work with the <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It's been three weeks. The inconsistency of our podcast Has will begun. now take shape again. <laughs> uh, yeah, we just – it's just once it get, things get busy, you just – I. it's not a big deal to – No, but we sat down twice and tried to record and had to get up and stop. Or then we were too tired and we were like, oh, my God, this sounds flat. And we don't want to give that to you guys. No, we're all about quality <laughs> <Whatever>. podcasting. <laughs> uh, it's more it's, – and it just – it does. It takes a little more time than just sitting down and and just uh, spewing verbal – verbal uh gold let's say true and into we- these microphones there's cutting it together and there's adding stuff i mean it's 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 just i gotta sit down i just have to have an hour to sit down and put it together so we've had guests we've been doing the garden and man it is it's one of the first things we hate cutting it from the uh lineup of stuff to do but it's one of those ones where we're like we'll just try to get it done tomorrow so we're sorry you guys thank you so much for uh hanging in there sending us the notes saying where's the next podcast i love it it always makes us know that we've waited just too long to put another one out so we're back at it today yes and there's plenty plenty to talk about yes there is we have pasqua easter coming up here this sunday we have um, all the things going around in our area and let's get to it we had mars in opposition recently we did mars was <laughs> crazy i don't know if if you live in a big city you should have still been able to see it but out here mars was just really big and bright and awesome i wish i need a i need a real telescope i know you do you said you don't want to because you'd get too into it like not a nerd style but like <laughs> it's just it's one of those it's again it's another one of those hobbies that is an expensive one you like expensive I hobbies like expensive <laughs> so i'm sure you can buy a cheapy telescope for a couple hundred euros but i don't want to i don't i want an instrument not a toy i know and it's true if you're gonna get into it you're gonna get into it but it is it would be ideal out here. I mean, well, we have very low light pollution or almost nothing. Mm-hmm. The, there's really nothing, um, and we're a little high. You know, we're up a little bit, and on a clear night, you can see everything. I mean, it's crazy how mm-hmm. many stars are really out there. So it was really cool to see Mars and check it out. And that app that um, you put on your iPad that shows yeah you the star, it never worked. I was oh. 
I never could figure it out. Sometimes it works. There's a lot of those apps. <laughs> With Mars uh, shining bright, we've got all the birds passing through. We saw uh, recently, we watched a documentary and um, on... What does Mars being shiny bright have to do with birds passing through? Nature. Okay. <laughs> we were The, the other, wonder of We were nature. going to bed the other night and we saw this crazy um, National Geographic. The BBC and National Geographic put together these series on like... Uh, microclimates in the world and uh the the microclimates of the world and um different um migration patterns of birds and that's the one we watched and uh these little birds these sparrows and these um what what other birds are there? Petey. Um, yeah the, the songbirds the little tiny songbirds come from south africa all the way back here to the same spot they were born in every year so when pd we talked about pd showing up i think maybe last podcast maybe i don't remember pd's we, a little bird a little we've, sparrow we recorded this stupid thing three times i know so I who taps up uh, starting about five thirty in the morning starts tapping on every single window in the house making his way up and down it is hysterical and yet annoying <laughs> if you're trying to sleep it's like Go away. We have to tell guests to close their shutters if they don't want Petey knocking in the morning. But, but they come back. It's just wild. Like, yeah. About we two weeks took ago. It for granted. Yeah. Two weeks ago, everyone, two and a half, three mm-hmm. weeks ago, whatever, everyone started showing up and the nests are being made everywhere and it's it's crazy in the mornings how the much – how much uh, how much is going on there's a lot of activity there's a lot of activity the cats the cats are oh Oh my god they're starting to get good first they would just watch them from the ground almost cry like oh i want you now they're up on the roof of the outdoor kitchen now they're getting into positions they are stalking for sure but um it was cool i just love knowing that these birds come back and I don't know. It is. I love that part of the the nature of living. Well, out here. Yeah, it means that everyone's coming back. Everyone's waking up. Everyone's doing everything. Our uh, chickens, our new chickens that we got, started laying. We've, we've seen more and more little baby <laughs> they're, they're eggs tiny eggs in with the big big eggs from the older hens. So that's good. So and they're getting great. along. They're putting the eggs where they should. It's going good. It is. Everything's going good. So that'll so that'll be good once people start coming. Uh, once we get a you know a solid flow of guests uh, here at. This weekend, yeah, it's that time of year where you just never know what's going to happen when you come back from. We went to the coast grocery shopping yesterday, and Gaji had planted um, onions and mowed the front, gra- front, front yard. So that was kind of cool. We went, we went, and ran errands, He's came so back, and stuff was done. Oh my gosh! Um, what about? Should we talk about going to Carlo and Gigi's? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. So we went um, – our friends who have the pig farm, we've spoken about them many a time. Um, they are food heroes themselves, and um, they've got this great pig farm outside of Urbino, and they invited us to come up to a um, kind of – they call it a festival, um, kind of a big lunch um, they called it bar- B&B barbecue and something else. I wasn't sure. Um, or I'm burgers. I mean, burgers and something. Well, they were doing this um, promotion for one of – someone that's part of their association is doing a book about um, – oh, here's a really funny story. <laughs> it's definitely not I, about zero kilometers. No, <laughs> Ashley interviewed the guy and asked him about um, his zero kilometer philosophy because he wrote this book about eating only from the land, blah, blah, blah. And his first answer was – of three minute answer about how it's really not he doesn't like to use the word zero kilometer he that, likes, that's a marketing word that's a marketing that's a word, corporate word and he likes to use self-sufficient self-sufficient what was your next question right after okay that? so it, for this discussion your zero kilometer diet tell me what was your favorite 
blackmail. <laughs> the eye roll that this man gave her and the look of disgust after he just went for three minutes of talking about was okay. awesome. Totally deserved, too. Because oh, I was. wanted to I was doing audio and I had the audio thing in my hand and I wanted to put it down and look at her and be like, What the hell okay, are you doing? I had no idea this happened. I was trying. You got tunnel. You weren't listening to his answer. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I had no idea. I wasn't listening to his answer. I had no idea he gave me the eye roll. I, this is, we're trying to get into doing these videos and um, doing interviews and all of this. And I was so focused on the camera and trying to see if I was getting his head in shot and the light and all of this. I was so not paying attention that I was such a jerk myself. And I didn't, Jason, when we left, was like, oh my God, that eye roll he gave me was classic. I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I came home and watched it and I was like, oh my God, I was the defect. I was that jerko journalist who was just like uh uh-huh, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, and not listening to anything he said and uh so i learned a little lesson there ask a question listen, listen i think part what? of it is like uh he's speaking italian i'm not really uh, yeah i was just just definitely not paying attention to his answer <laughs> um but it was really cool they did um they wanted to do ham- i don't know why they wanted to do hamburgers what do you, was there a story behind why they wanted to do it I think they want to get into burger parties. I don't know. (laughs) So they did hamburgers and they did everything from scratch. So first, um, when we arrived, there was hard eggs, hard, just hard boiled eggs, salt, and this crusha di Pasqua, the Easter cheese bread. And then they did, uh, homemade mayonnaise, homemade ketchup. Like they wanted to do a real, um, well, they wanted to make it self-sufficient. So everything made by themselves. So the whole idea was going, we don't want to go get you know, regular ketchup. Yeah, we want to make it. We uh-huh. don't want to get buns. We'll make them. We don't want, you know, they did a great job with everything. But here's what's really funny to me. And I love it because this this makes me feel good when I screw things up that are tied. So they asked me, what goes in hamburgers? And I told them, nothing. <laughs> Just salt and pepper. Just get ground up the meat. Make them into patties, salt and pepper. Okay. Oh, okay. and you told them the ratio of meat and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, meat to fat and all that kind of stuff. So, okay, okay. So then they do, but they can't do it that way because to them, it, it's, it's just like for us with Italian food in America, how... Basically like pasta and sauce. You can't, you think, how could you just put a little sauce? Exactly. I've made all this, uh, I've got all these people coming. I've got to put all this stuff in the sauce and make a huge pot of sauce. And I got to drown the sauce, the pasta or the pizzas when we do the pizza yes. class. I tell people less is more. Don't put too much stuff on the pizza. Which because, is so true. Because it gets too heavy. It gets too soppy. It's too much liquid. And what does everyone, everyone do? <laughs> throws a ton- so this- they try to like hide. It's hysterical because some people proudly do it and they're like, I don't even care. I love this on my pizza. And then other people try to add a bunch more, but like not have Jason kind of see it. Like they <laughs> they hide it under the cheese or something and they're like, no, 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 it's just, it's really good this way. And then sure enough, it's just a mess. Okay. But getting back to it. So I tell them nothing in the hamburgers. No, nothing. Just ground meat, salt and pepper. Done. They did two kinds. They did one which was more like a meat loafy hamburger, right? It was like milk and eggs and Parmesan cheese and herbs and garlic and all this stuff. It was good. It was good. It's just not salt. <laughs> and the other one they did was more towards what I told them to do. But they still still put like onion and onion herbs. and garlic and herbs and stuff like that. The hamburgers were great. They have them all. Um, they had them all like pressed out. In the, they in Italy, okay. When you go to the uh, butcher, they have hamburgers because the Italians do eat hamburgers, but they're very. They look like the the thin, flat ones you get at like Costco or Sam's mm-hmm. Club or one of those. Like it's a hockey. patty, yeah, the, the patties because they have this little machine that presses them. 
and they will put the craziest thing on top of them. They'll put um, sh- uh, shaved shaved um, parmesan, zucchini, <laughs> oh, yes. shaved zucchini, shaved um, um, eggplant or aubergine, and like a f- beautiful um, uh, squash blossom or something. It's bizarre. It's bizarre. Or they'll put shaved part like curls of parmesan cheese on the top or oh, and they're all laid out like very proudly presented at the wrapped butcher. up individually yeah. like this is a special thing or they will take um half patties and with a layer of like spinach in between and put the two half patties together so you have spin it's kind of like it is not what we would it's think not what i would call a, a hamburger um it ain't no tea paris no <laughs> it's no no but they, but everything was great, and everyone had a great time at this. Uh, it was, thing it was really and fun, and they did a great job. They pumped out hundreds of hamburgers. But I think it is that it's that idea that a burger couldn't just be the meat. Sim- so the, simple, so simple. Just the way we think, you can't just have pasta and toss it with two spoonfuls of sauce. Exactly. That's not enough. Exactly. So it is funny to see it go both ways. Absolutely. And um, I love to see Americans screwing up Italian food and Italians <laughs> screwing up American food. It's good. And it was fun. They God, okay, so they did this thing that I want to do so bad for the wine. And Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. So, so they took a huge wine barrel, so it's um you get some height. And um God, how big we have a couple of cool they old have wine the barrels big, around big here. Wine barrels. That's the the three quarters of the tall as a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> on top of that they put a fifty or a seven a, like a fifty seven liter. Fifty seven liter demijohn with a plug and a tube running to a um brass um like spigot spigot that you would push this button down so they made what almost looks like a cross a wooden of, cross old wood out of old wood and on the t cross um the crossbar if the you will interse- the in the intersection is where they have the spigots and you just it was i was loving it i couldn't stop taking photos and video of it, it was, I was like great, this is it- the coolest thing i want to do it for our pizza nights and thankfully luke and carolyn were there too and luke loves these kind of projects and he's like oh i have everything for that he's like i have a beautiful yes. old brass uh, so i want to do it for pizza night but how do we we wouldn't have like a 57 liter jug open for pizza night like no that. you would have to go get a small it won't be as dramatic because it's a tiny I know. it's a tiny demijohn and we don't have enough people to plow through 50 like where where's i know they had a that's the only bummer 150 people they can drink a couple of demijohns that was demijohns. that was really cool and um they had an a guy <laughs> oh, <laughs> this they... italian guy who was um he sang the blues and he was so funny. He, I immediately thought I've never met an Italian American Indian before because he just had this darker Native color. American Indian is derogatory. To oh, Native Indian. American. Sorry. So that, unpolitically correct. It's my own people. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have like That's one even more offensive I know, than I know. saying that. So, um, he had just this dark skin like this dark color these lines in his face all black his hair pulled back in a ponytail like kind of curled hair and he was wearing turquoise jewelry and i just i immediately had this like uh kindred spirit thing with him it was funny and um he talked about his music and going to chicago to play the blues and playing with an all black band and it was just awesome and he, we got to listen to him play a little bit right before we left because we had to come back we had a online cooking class 
but uh he was great he was great he just had one of those he was one of those old guys with a twinkle in his eye and um, I, he had great he had great um feature like yes he just uh, you blue wanted, blue eyes yeah you wanted to talk to this guy forever warm would never, eyes would never look at that guy and be like oh italian no he looked Native American. Didn't he? Yeah. There was just... And I told him that, and he said, that's because he's been reincarnated. <laughs> so he was great. We saw a bunch of... Um, excuse me. We saw a bunch of people that that we didn't that uh, we see through Carlo and Gigi that we don't get to see all the time. Mm-hmm. That have great, been there like when we're butchering yeah, or for Easter. It, and it, was a great, it was really fun. It was a great afternoon. They do a big one, a big festival party every May. So we've always had guests, but we'll try to go this year. It'll probably not happen. I know. and But that's when they have like 250 people. That's crazy. Yeah, that's like the big hippie commune. I know. There. I know. But it was great. It was just – it's fun to um, – gosh, we still can't always enjoy events like that when they're with our friends because – not like you feel like you have to work, but you want to help out. And Jason was great, Johnny on the spot with the chairs, or uh, somehow he ended up with a drill in his hand at one point in a toolbox. He looked in heaven. But I took a bunch of videos and we took some photos. So we'll hopefully edit something together and post it or hold on to it for a later kind of a webcast. But it was fun. It was a gorgeous day to be at their farm, that's for sure. So what else is going on? The joys of a farmhouse in Italy. Yes. <laughs> I thought we could just push pause. I'm, I'm talking for quite a while. Why can't we just push pause? And the joys of living in a farmhouse. Okay. Okay. So, um, so that brings us to our, our next topic, um, because this this uh, what happened a couple uh, last week um, happens. Something like this happens every year. These are the joys of living in a three hundred, four hundred year old house. It sounds really romantic, and it is. The house is gorgeous. It stays cool in the summer, and once you heat it up in the winter, it stays warm in the winter. It's very rustica. Uh, however, it needs constant babying. Baby. It needs constant care. Every year, before we open up, or right as we're opening up, the house, uh, she does not, she balks a little bit. She lets you know that um, she still needs to be taken care of and paid attention to, at the, and that this season will be like every other season, and which in which it, you will have fits of rage, moments of joy, and also moments of... Uh, feeling totally at a loss. It is a reminder that she likes to remind us the house that we, oh, you, you don't know everything. Like you there's still, still, there's still to something to learn. <laughs> and, um, you need to respect, respect that, um, things can happen at any moment's notice. So, uh, right in the, we had guests last week, right in the middle of having these three, three families who are enjoying their spring holiday here, the, um, septic system or the, not the, not the poopy water, but the gray water decides to back up as it's going into the, 
uh, gray water area. So what does that mean? That means that somehow something clogged the tube that goes from all the sinks and all the showers to the main gray water area where it can then kind of go out and do its thing. Well, you have like a house grid and a schematics of all of this, right? That there's it's a, laid out perfectly. I mean, you a, shouldn't have any problems so finding this. So how do this. we know where these <laughs> things are? Well, Ashley one day last week went into the outdoor bathroom and noticed that there was three or four inches of disgusting well not i mean it's sink water and shower water gray water is what it's called uh, but you're like what the hell out in the is outdoor this? bathroom it somehow backed itself up from the place where it goes into the big tank and then pushes itself water finds the path of least or the easiest place to get out and that's the lowest drain which is out in the outdoor bathroom so jason's grocery shopping and i emptied the entire outdoor bathroom which is right now being used as storage for a lot of the outdoor furniture and things um, plus all the cleaning supplies and a lot of paper products and whatnot as well. It's, it's store uh, out there is a storage, like uh, a little area. dry it's, storage. There's two bathrooms out there. One we use as a bathroom in the summer, um, which now has pool, pool, pool furniture and chairs and tables and all that. And the other side has soap and extra tablecloths and towels and linens and blah, blah, blah. And there's also an outdoor freezer or there's a chest freezer out there, a air compressor, a barbecue. It's, it, it's full. Yeah, it's freaking full, especially since we hadn't really had it opened up yet. Thankfully, we had whatever. That thing had to be emptied and the whole place cleaned. And but plus, that's, we had, oh, that's not even the hard, worst part. We didn't know what the problem, like how to solve the problem. So I looked, So anytime you w- turned on a sink, water was just pushing up through this hole. Uh, turn a sink. Uh, yeah, um, uh, <laughs> take a shower anytime you use water. Um, so I get out the schematic. We have a schematic of the all the uh, what's called fognatura uh, system, the septic system. And these tanks are buried at certain points around the house. Uh, you find them by measuring <laughs> from the uh, different points on the schematic to. Uh, uh, from two different points on the house to see where those two points will intersect. For instance, you measure five meters, three centimeters from the left corner of the house. And then from the left corner of the first door, you measure eight meters, 26 centimeters. And where those two points intersect each other is where you dig. Um, (laughs) There's a lot of guessing involved. There's sometimes you find them, sometimes you don't. This house was not made when it was restored, was not restored in the way that I would have restored it. I might not call it up to code. No, I would not (laughs) call it up to code at all. So, um, we go and try to find, and I'm looking in all the all the spots that it says on this map, and nothing's backed up. Nothing's because when you take the thing off the lid, you should see all this water. Um, Yeah, that was the that was part of the whole confusion going. Where is the backup? Like, we should be seeing water coming out somewhere else, too. Or, I mean, you're looking at all of these covered holes that we know of, the schematics, and it's just like, it's not making sense. Where is this? Um, so I call the, uh, like, not the plumber, plumber, but the guy who deals with the septic systems, and they tell who is the person you should call because they'll suck it out, and they have these high-pressure hoses that they put back up through the uh, the um, drains, and they'll blast it with pressure. So if there's, like, like you know, someone push, puts a whatever down the, to- down a the toilet. A toilet cap. Yeah. Or, I mean, not a toilet cap, like a cap to a water bottle. Oh, yeah, it, and it goes, goes down the drain and plugs everything. The pressure will build up and just, boom, shoot it out. 
Well, those guys, this is a Tuesday, and they say, oh, yeah, we could come eh, Friday-ish. And (laughs) no one wants to come out with any urgency. urgency. And I realize it's Italy, and urgency would be the next day, uh, which is fun. I was just looking for a guarantee that, yeah, I'll be there tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Finally, I just called our local plumber, and uh, he comes out, and he figures it out that – Oh, yeah, the part where we need to get to is buried under our outdoor back back patio. <laughs> they put they did put in three, four access points, but they forgot to when we redid the patio. Here's the schematic. I need to make sure that all the things are have access to it. Well, they did give us access to the one hole we need, but they didn't put the access panel exactly on top of where the buried access uh hole would be the buried access uh cover would be so we got to tear up i don't know a good two square meters of our backyard stone deck stone patio well well side note while that's happening on the other side of the house guests are waiting to start a cooking class <laughs> oh yeah we're doing pizza class for eight while this is all good we're doing like, a uh, pizza class for eight right before this is going can't get on anyone any wine let's hang out for five minutes jason will be right with us <laughs> so thank god the guy comes he's like all right here it is we we break up the patio he digs down he finds it he pops a hole in because now we can't find the access uh the little cover to it exactly he's like screw it we'll just bust a hole in the tube i'll find the plug uh and then we'll just patch the hole patch the tube patch the pipe so that's what he did he busts a hole in the pipe all this stuff starts coming out relieves the pressure um you know snakes out where the tube is uh the tank was fine because nothing was actually getting to the tank because it was blocked up everything goes down no problem and um you know once the people leave two days, three days later, then we just fill back in the hole, put those stones back down, a little bit of It looks great. Mortar. You can't tell. But it was a cluster F disaster feeling for our first guests going, OMG, first, this is how to start the First <laughs> season, and we're dealing with water everywhere and holes, and it's just, oh. you can never, you can never... Uh, You're never totally prepared, or... I don't know. You're never what? Sorry. You're never, um, I guess, prepared. You, you can never, ex- like, nothing surprises Anticipate. Me. I can never anticipate what's going to happen. Every time no. that I come back from grocery shopping, <laughs> if I see Ashley meet me at the, if she meets me at the car uh, with a look on her face, I know that it's something to do. <laughs> he gets out going, oh, great. And I, when, I pulled up, when I pulled up the driveway and saw all the stuff out of the outdoor kitchen, it was like, or outdoor bathroom was like, what's going on here? So problem solved. I learned a little bit more about our septic system and how effed up it is. Well, it's really right on time. Easter's a little late this year. Our well, Pasquas about, of Pass. Let's, uh, go, let's go talk about Easter's of Pass. That's what I mean. Um, pass Pasqua. <laughs> Easter's of Past. Uh, we've always seemed to have some problems. So this is pretty on par for the start of our year. It's always the house not really wanting to wake up from. Correct. Our, in fact, our very first Easter, we had snow. And it was frozen snowing. Pipes. Frozen pipes. Uh, no water in the morning, snow, and we thought, oh, my God, this is the first event we're hosting for, for Italians, for anything. And it's we've been here three months, and there's it's snowing the day of this event and the day before. Jason and my sister are making bread in the outdoor wood-burning oven, shuttling it in the snow. And in, so that was a slight disaster, but not so much as the pasta on the that um, Easter lunch. 
<laughs> you want to talk about that? I think we have. We'll mention it. Okay, it's part first... of our wonderful Easter pasts. Um, so there's Pascua, which is Easter Sunday, and then Pascueta, or uh, Luna di Pascua, which you spend Easter with your family, and you spend Little Easter or Easter, uh, Monday. Easter Monday with your friends. And it's very tradition, very popular to go out to agriturismos or restaurants for our for lunch with your friends. So we hosted um, like twenty three Italians, twenty three Italians for when I've been. We've been in the country three, you know, whatever. We arrived on basically Christmas, and here it is Easter, and we're cooking our. We're doing our it was first mid March. Yeah, we're doing our first um, function. And I may I try to make stortopretti. And uh, Strozzaprati are called Strozzaprati Strangled Priests. And um, these came out. Abs- wait, wait, wait. We, we all sat all night long. All night long. <laughs> taking these little pieces of dough and twisting them into their little strangled priest shape. Yep. And um, it was you and me and my sister and, and my dad Marty, was here. Yeah. And so there's four of us working for hours by the fire. Tables filled with this stuff, drying, twisted and drying and just sitting there. Well... <laughs> I don't remember what I did wrong. I probably didn't cook it in enough water. That's it. It I was did. not a big enough pan. It wasn't a big enough pot. And being American, you know, not knowing yet that you have to cook fresh pasta in tons of water. I just did a normal small pasta pot for 23. Like what you would, what I would cook pasta in now for four people. I think for <laughs> 23. For 23 people. Now, if I'm cooking pasta for 23 people, I get a propane tank and a um, and a portable stove, you know, portable big um Called the people stove. cooking pot. I get out my people cooking pot, which is what I call my people cooking pot because you could cook a person in it. Fill it up with water. We're talking liters and liters, like 50, 60, 50 liters yeah. of water to cook, you know, three kilos, four kilos of pasta or whatever. A lot, a lot of water. And and thinking about this pasta that we made, it was a drier pasta. Like it's starchy. How much, yeah, it's a real how? starchy. It's semolina and water, so it's a real starchy type pasta. So you need the water to dilute the starch. Otherwise, what happens is when you cook the pasta, it gets gummy and horrible and it all sticks together, which is what, I, what happened to this pasta. Yep. It was... 22 people ready for it to eat. And well, no, they had one pasta. This was the second pasta. Yes, and I screwed it up. And it's it's one of the worst. Uh, not, I mean, everyone but t- was we cool. Know what happened? Everyone was cool. It was our commercialista Fabio and his friends, and everyone was really cool. And they say, "Oh, it doesn't matter. You should ser- serve it." And I d- wouldn't serve it. And we just did. There was uh, only like three people. Like we, Jason was like, "Oh my god, get in here, get in here!" And he ran into like the back little pantry area and was like, "Try this." And he was like, "I can't serve this. I can't serve this." And it was like, "Oh my god!" And so he immediately grabbed the barilla and thought, "Well, I'd rather serve. Um, I'd rather serve barilla, barilla than, than this, which is not good." So learning experience. That was probably the worst. Uh, that was the first one, and and one of my one that of was my our very first Easter. grande flop. <laughs> Second Easter, um, gosh, families always seems to be involved as well in these disasters. Um, your mom and Bob were in town, and Easter morning, pump breaks, pump breaks, no water to the house, so there's family and guests here, and that was a pleasure. <laughs> Again, um, Jason um, has to go. This is again early on. This was this a different is plumber. Easter Sunday. So Mass- no, this was Massimiliano, the electrician. Oh yeah, the electrician gets the pump. It's still water related. So Easter Sunday, um, knock 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 on our little place early early in the morning. It's my stepdad. Dude, you got no water. <laughs> yeah, what do you mean you have? We have no water. It's it's April. It's tons of water. The the rivers are filled. Blah blah blah. Sure enough, turn on this faucet. No water. Why? 
pump is busted. So we have a um, cistern that holds, I have no idea, tons of water that constantly flows from our natural sorgente up in the hills. And that pump broke. So no water is arriving from the hills to, or I'm sorry, no water is arriving from the, the cistern pumped up to our house. The cistern's full. Their pump is broken. Um, what do you do? Well, you have to get the electrician. It is Easter Sunday. So I call, uh, I call Fushiani, who's our, na- uh, who's our neighbor. Anyone who's been here for the Feel Like a Local Fridays have met Fushiani. We jump in his car. We go over to, uh, into town to try to find Massimiliano because no one knows exactly. I know, well, you know he's P.O.B.K. He lives in P.O.B.K. <laughs> but you just see him walking around or at the bar. I don't know exactly where his house is. So we go to one of the bars. Does anyone know where Massimiliano lives? Oh, yeah, sure. Right up around, blah, 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 blah. Knock on his door. He's having breakfast with his family. I felt horrible. Massi, I'm Wait, so sorry. Wait, it's also not just you. It's a brigade of, like, you guys have collected men along the oh, road. Oh, yeah, because... <laughs> you guys are, like, with... two cars deep or... <clears throat> no, I was with Fushiani, and Fushiani saw one of his buddies at the bar, and his buddies hopped in the car as well to come up. So it's, like, three guys coming to look for this guy. He's having... Bre- poor guy's having breakfast with his... Family, no problem. Children. I'll be there in 15 minutes, blah, blah, blah. Uh, sure enough, he comes out. Thick, we, it didn't fix, get, he didn't get, fix it, but he rigged it so that we can still have some kind of water. But um, we had, I don't know, I don't even remember how many group, how many people here, but it was, oh, yeah, there's, good morning, Easter Sunday, and you can't flush a toilet. And uh, Massimiliano also wouldn't even take a penny. He wouldn't take money, which I don't understand. That was incredible. So that was our second Easter. Mm-hmm. Um, then, then what other Easter Easter shenanigans? Um, we've had it where I think it was either last year, no, two years ago. Thank God we walked back into the kitchen to have some tea because the oven broke. Remember the? Oh da, da, da. Well, no! It was one of those things where it was like, oh my god, you had to take the whole thing apart. Oh, that was so. T- yes. And so it was like, thank God it didn't happen the next morning Night before Easter Sunday or Luna di Pasqua, Easter Monday, when I'm doing all this food. We go into the kitchen to tr- to um, turn on the oven, or I'm sorry, to make tea, and I noticed that none of the power in the kitchen is working. And that's really weird. Why? Well, somehow there was a short in my stove that shorted out all the electricity just to the kitchen. The rest of the house was <laughs> had electricity because everyone would have knocked on our place. Where's the? But thank. So I have to pull the oven out. I have to find. Oh, it's not the oven that shorted out. It's that's right. for some reason the stove. Why did the stove get shorted out? Because when we clean the stove with product with that uh, night. cleaning products that night, somehow the water got into the electrical system that is the electric igniter on our stove on our gas stove so when you turn it and hold it down it goes click 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 that's like it's electricity it's an electric igniter so somehow water got into some of that mechanism uh oh shoot hold on hold on one second (laughs) neighbor stopping by Okay, I don't remember where we are exactly. Because see, that's what that's what I'm talking about. We can't even we cannot get through a, a podcast no. 35 minutes without getting sidetracked. So pop in. <laughs> so uh, I believe we were talking about Pasqua's Pasqua's past. And um, oh, we were talking about the oven and that you had to take the oven oh apart. My God, yeah. So the. So um, at midnight, the night before Easter, the Easter Eve, we're taking apart the stove and the oven trying to find out where the short is coming from. And thank God we did that 
that night because I was putting in a leg of lamb the because we were doing lunch the next day. So I would have woken up to know. It's always something. It's, it's always, always something. And to top it off, what I also love is the reality of Jason making two beautiful lamb in two different styles. And the end of that night, we don't even want the leftovers. We've been dealing with it the whole time that we have. We normally have cereal. A bowl of cereal. <laughs> so that's it. The season is officially underway. 2014. Woo! Here we go. Here we come. And um, there's plenty to do. So now that it's late morning, now that we came back, we get, I got to go. So let's... I know. I know. It's... <laughs> An hour or something later, all of a sudden passes. So it is. It's time to get back to work. We can't thank you guys enough for uh, sticking with us and listening to the podcast and coming back to download and um, sharing it with a friend as usual. Hopefully we'll do one sooner than a month or so. Uh, let's uh, t- let's tease the, wor- the song of the week and then we'll bring it home. Sure. We've got, we're back to Fred Brusculioni. He's a great one. Sogno di estate. Uh, yes, and bring us home and let's get at let's, let's All get right. Out. Thanks for downloading us. You can find us on latavolamarche.com, L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E, latavolamarche.blogspot.com. Uh, you can also check out our videos on YouTube, Vimeo. Um, we'll be posting more soon, La Tabula Marque, on Facebook as well. And on Instagram, you can follow me at Ashley Bartner. And again, a big thank you for everyone who uh, did one or several or all of the online cooking classes. That oh, yeah. We, we didn't did. even say that. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm saying it now. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, thank you, guys. It was really incredible little experiment. And to know that so many people were digging it and took it week after week. It and is we're cool. enjoying it. it. was really, really cool. And we'll come back and do something. We'll have something for you guys who did take them. A little thank you uh, over the summer. And um, we'll come back and start doing them in the fall again. Hopefully with... Better technology, better cameras, yes. better everything. We're, we're ahead of the curve. We're just too hip. No, we're not. Oh, oh, here comes the fighter planes. I don't think anyone could hear it. Oh, another one. The cuts are going crazy. It is so much fun. Seven years later, and it still is exciting. Uh, we are in, I don't know if you guys heard that over the microphones. It was pretty loud. <laughs> uh, we are in a zone where they do low-level low um, practice for the for NATO planes, NATO fighter planes. So it's pretty cool, especially this time of year when the weather starts getting nice. They'll come over usually at this time. Yep, little dipty-doos and flips and... Uh, they get, they get I low. know, I know. That's why it is exciting. <laughs> you can see all the pods and stuff on the bottom of their planes. They get really, really low, so it's pretty cool. <laughs> all right, have a great week, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um, yes, thank you for listening. We're going to play the song. And again, La Tavola Marque, L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R. R-C-H-E. We love you guys. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Adio, sogno d'estate, col vento dell'autunno te ne vai, ma dove vai? Senza di me. Addio, sogno d'amore, non so se a primavera tornerai, ma che farai senza di me?
sonan i sogni del cuore le dolcissime ore vissute con te con che gioia ed amore ricordo ogni fiore che ho avuto da te addio sogno d'estate col vento dell'autunno te ne vai ma che farai senza di me Sentire Media Hey podcast producers and show hosts, do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentire Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com, that's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com, and find out how to submit your show.